Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Caitlin Menza. And I'm Lisa Ryan. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review. We, we love reviews. And you can send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. This week, man. So we took last, we sort of took last week off because we were traveling. And who would have known? I mean, anybody with a calendar who follows the Royals would have known. People but with access to the internet, maybe? We couldn't have really prepared for how much stuff was going to happen in the two weeks between episodes, my goodness. Um, so we have to cover so much. We have the state visit uh, with President Trump. We have Trooping the Color and Baby Louie, which honestly, we could spend 30 minutes on Baby Louie and the faces. <laughs> I mean, that would be fantastic for me. Um, and But we also have a guest. We are joined today by Maris Kreisman, who is the host of The Maris Review, which is a wonderful podcast, a brand new podcast, yes. and yet an already wonderful podcast about books and new books and you speak with authors yeah. and tell us what to read and you are here today to tell us what to read i am about the royals thing. yeah yeah so and we're having a book club a summer book club and we're so excited because we've been fans of maris's for Aww. so long <laughs> yes. since her slaughterhouse 90210 days <laughs> thank yes. you yes we continue only bringing on guests that we want to befriend irl so i'm very delighted to be here it's we're really so convenient for us <laughs> indeed indeed um before we get into all of that we have this week's royal refreshment and now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail gin and tonic it's warm outside, so it's time for a gin and it's tonic. It's time. And soon we'll switch over to Pim's, too. I'm ready to get back on the Pim's horse. We avoided it for yeah. a while because we, like, drank it to death last summer, but tis the season. Maris, in our old days, like a year ago, we used to try to make <laughs> Back the, in the good old... Yeah. yeah. We used to try to make the refreshments on air, and so it's usually, like, 20 minutes of me, like, screaming as I spill <laughs> Pim's mm-hmm, everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's charming, I guess. <laughs> yeah, really wrecking all the equipment. It was it was a time What was us. your winter drink? Uh, I mean, we mix it up, but it just happens. Like, we always like an excuse for a G&T, sure. et cetera. And I'm like, it's a Tuesday. It's a gin <laughs> day. <laughs> yeah, we do a lot of red wine in the winter, which sure. is Megan's preferred beverage. But so. it's poisonous for me because I like it. And we <laughs> tend to get a little sloppy on the show when we have red wine. I think it's having a bottle in front of us. That we're we're just like, like, we must finish. We must <laughs> right. finish it. And then it, the, the show devolves. But it's fun. It's fun for us. Um, and we have a listener email. Would you like to read this one, Lisa? Sure. It's from Vaughn. Um, and the subject is male, pale, and stale. And so the background <laughs> to this is during the Lifetime movie, there was a character called Leonard the Leopard or something. Did he have a name and a title? He had something. And the only reason why I know that is because someone in our Facebook group, shout out to them, said that maybe it was kind of like a fictional version of Samantha the Panther, the woman who works for the queen who was helping out. I feel like I'm going insane because I have 
no idea what children's book you're talking about. <laughs> like, what is this? Samantha, <laughs> Samantha the Panther is the nickname that the tabloids have for Samantha. I can't remember her last name. She was working for the Queen and then for Megan. She's like that really high powered. I believe you and I <laughs> will look into this. I just, I am a little jet lagged and I feel like I'm losing my mind. Everyone's probably listening like, oh, there's Lisa signing off inaccuracies again. <laughs> there she is. No, she has no, no, no shocking about. But No, you're perfect. So anyway, this character in the Lifetime movie, this like older white guy says to the Meghan Markle character that he is pale male and stale yeah he apologizes like i'm gonna be working with you i'm so sorry that i'm pale male and stale PMS. yeah oh. and so and so when we recorded we were like is that an actual phrase because he says it like <laughs> right. it is and so that's what vaughn responds to yes. if you will please continue so vaughn reached out to us and wrote greetings i'm never the one to reach out to podcast celebrities celebrities i mean we yes. reached out to maris so i guess we are <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but but after hearing the May 30th episode and how you both questioned if male pale and stale is a saying, I had to chime in, yes. I've been saying it here for years. I work in a world where it was and still is dominated to a certain degree by seasoned Caucasian men. Seasoned in quotation marks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Living in Detroit, a.k.a. Motor City, it's a given that I'm one of the few millennials who is Asian and female in most industries I go to. I have transitioned from the auto industry to nonprofit in the world I work in doesn't see as much diversity and we are hoping to change that. We are hoping to change that society shift in the workforce here in Michigan. That term P M and S actually originated from a Caucasian male who fits quote marks mm -hmm. um, that demographic and is a close colleague of mine. And we are always chuckling when the uh, greater group is resistant to change, and we are like, "Oh yeah, these guys are pale male and stale in their thinking." Huh. So funny to hear it on an upper echelon podcast. It made me literally LOL. Cheers, Vaughn. Vaughn, you are too kind. A, calling us celebrities, and B, Amazing. calling us an upper echelon podcast. I mean, I know a lot of people that will disagree with you on that one. We are not upper echelon. I really thank you for the information, and I hope you appreciate how we made it about ourselves almost instantly. It's a real gift that we have. I would love have. to appropriate this. <laughs> yeah. Pale Mail and Stale is really, yeah, it's, it's, it's very helpful. Um, excellent. And then we have This Week in Royal History. And now, This Week in Royal History. Um, if we hadn't had prepared one, we were immediately gifted this by all the royals' Instagram accounts. It is the birth of Prince Philip, June 10th, 1921. So um, if we hadn't already known this was coming up, the all the Instagram accounts of our of our fam here, they all posted about it. Yes, and he's 98, which is old. <laughs> it's quite old. But I must say, again, to make it about me, mm -hmm. not as old as my grandma Ryan. So. Yeah. How old's your grandma Ryan? A hundred. A hundred. Oh, it's really congrats. remarkable. Um, so Prince Philip, we're seeing so much of his life. I'm learning so much about his life from The Crown, um, which, again, I miss. I have to say that every time. Mm -hmm. But um, we've learned a lot about him and his background and his childhood and all the Nazis. Um, but we're looking at today at the Town and Country write-up about his birthday, and it's really an interesting look at his life. Uh, they noted he represents a royal modus operandi, the likes of which we'll never see again. Um, his was an epoch. Am I saying that right? I just, epic. Epic. I'm like, have I now? <sighs> Upper echelon podcast, not really, um, <laughs> of empire and old Britain. What that, are words? What are words um, <laughs> that is definitively no more? Um, talks about his past and his really interesting life and um, I want to note the very end they say that um, 
something special about Prince Philip is that he uh, has a crazy work ethic. He retired officially from public duties at 96, and the palace calculated that he had completed 22,219 solo engagements since 1952, and then thousands more with the queen. So 22,000 on his own, Mm -hmm. which is just, wow. Wow. What a life. All of the bad stuff aside, we just hope he has... You know, some healthy years ahead yes. of him and stops driving, maybe. Stop. He has, he, <laughs> he's still driving. He I mean, stopped. I think I saw some pictures, but I don't know where. Yeah, yeah. The man is independent. We know that as well from the crown. Um, <laughs> he's an interesting, interesting person. Um, but the photos that his grandkids posted were really sweet. Um, I love that they, I just, I love that the Royals Instagram accounts are evolving to be so much like our own Instagram accounts where it's like their grandfather's birthday. So Eugenie and Prince Harry, like both post photos of themselves as cute kids with their grandfather, mm-hmm. which is like what I would do, you know, like I'm like, I'm glad we're, I'm, they're using Instagram the way it was meant to be used <laughs> to show pictures of how adorable you were yes. when it's actually someone else's birthday. Um, so I appreciate that very much. Happy birthday to Prince Philip. 98. I mean, the things he has seen, the people he has met, the countries he's been to, and he himself has been through a lot. So, wow. Happy birthday. A lot of family trauma, like as a child trauma. Yeah, just wow. Um, But yeah, so happy birthday to him. Um, Wow. Okay, so state visit. Yes, state visit. So just as a disclaimer, we're keeping politics out of it so people won't get mad at us. Yeah, it's hard not too um but so we'll just focus on the really glam stuff like he was so president trump was in the uk for three days um spent a lot of that time with the british royals and uh we've they've met before um as we'll recall when he i remember when he met um queen elizabeth like they were on the grass somewhere outdoors um that was all I really recall he from that. He walked in front of her. Again, just an observation. Um, from this visit, the real high point that I'd like to discuss is the banquet. We got a state banquet. It was very, very glamorous. And it was another opportunity where we get to see Kate in full princess. Yeah, she went super, super princess. Um, there were so many ladies wearing white. Yeah. Um, Steve Mnuchin was there, which sure. I'll never, yeah. I'll never get over seeing him chatting with Kate Middleton. Um, Kate Middleton wore the brand new insignias for her new title, yes, or her she, new honor rather. She wore um, a blue sash, which, according to Town and Country, symbolizes her role as a member of the Royal Victorian Order. Yes, and I'm just going to quote from Town and Country here because I literally don't know what that means. So. <laughs> Um, She received the honor earlier this spring, and the event marked the first time she was able to wear the sash publicly, and its vibrant color corresponds perfectly with her white dress. Oh, now this is about her outfit. Um, Oh, she also wore this soft yellow royal family order, which is a separate honor that she has been wearing since October 2018. Yeah. And she wore the Lover's Knot tiara, which is her favorite, and I think it's everyone's favorite. It's like the Diana tiara. Yeah. Yeah, so she just she basically did the full this is like the full look that we got from all of them. It's like as decked out as they possibly get. Oh yeah. In mm. April, um on William and Kate's eighth wedding anniversary, Queen Elizabeth gave Kate the the Dame Grand Cross of the Royal Victorian Order 
And it's the highest rank in the order and is the equivalent of a knight. Oh, that's cool. That is very cool. cool. I literally just learned it. So (laughs) (laughs) upper echelon podcast. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Listen, some of this stuff is a bit complicated. Um, But the point is, looked really pretty, looked really decked out. Um, So, yeah, I don't really know that there's much else to cover from that visit. Yeah, but there's so much to cover from Trooping the Color. Oh, my God, Trooping the Color. (laughs) You guys... I was just listening to our last week's episode with Megan's Mirror and you know towards the beginning we just speculated about what we would expect from Tripping the Color when we our we made our wish lists mm-hmm. and we said an, an appearance from Megan and all three Cambridge kids on the balcony. So can I just say we got both of those things. But the thing that we didn't get was Prince Harry with, with Archie. Archie in a Bjorn. <laughs> it was really that was the upsetting. truest vision and hope with him wearing little noise canceling headphones <laughs> for like, the military flyover. Did we expect it? No. Did we want it? Yes. yes exactly. Our hearts want what they want. Um, but so we got Megan. She wore navy Givenchy uh, leather gloves. Very cool. Um, I think it's really remarkable that she stepped out because I feel like. She shouldn't have had to. And I don't, I'm yeah. not saying she had to. I think like she did it to probably honor the queen. I'm just yes. speculating. I'm not speaking for her tabloids. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's nice that she did it. But at the same time, I'm like, be home. Yeah. Everyone mm. leave Megan alone. Like, go enjoy your time. I know. It was a low-key visit for her. Like, she, they, she and Harry both kept it very low-key on the balcony, that, like, that balcony mm-hmm. shot, of course, like, all focuses on the Cambridges, uh, you know, sort of as it should be, as they're the direct heirs. Um, but Megan and Harry were sort of, like, almost hidden in the back of that shot. Like, they just kept it quiet, um, which was fine. And we got to see Megan in the car. Also, she rode in the carriage with Harry, Kate, and Camilla, which was, like, you know, your VIP carriage, which I liked. Um, it was just nice to... It's always nice to see them all together. And um, like she and Kate were like chatting and laughing. And so maybe like pals. Yeah. yeah. Like like pals or at least people who like each other. And yeah. so people can, people can like leave it all alone. Yeah. Um, it's always nice to see that. We also got another sort of cross connection between Cambridge and Sussex because uh, Louis was dressed in an outfit from like the deep, deep archives of something that Prince Harry wore to Trooping the Color in 1986. Wow. It's so cute. It was super so, cute. So Maris, I yes, I'm a fan of yours for so long, but I also am like obsessed with your Twitter feed. I think it is great. I just like I. <laughs> but you. my one like Twitter brush with controversy, really, well, not one of them was <laughs> yeah. when I made a joke on the cut and it called uh, Louis elusive, and then all these like political reporters are like. It's the baby. And I'm like, that's the joke. Yeah, she called him. They didn't get the joke. Because he was a newborn. So I'm like, this elusive baby came out. He's not giving press conferences all over the place. Exactly. He's doing a tour. Very private. He's very private. He's very private. Because he was just born. But so (laughs) now I feel like he's officially no longer elusive. Like, we've seen pictures of him. And we saw that wave. Did you see that wave? I saw the wave. It was so, I it was so cute first of all i was excited that he was there it was it's his first to bring the color um but then his wild little he gave us so many like instant meme moments (laughs) that will follow him the rest of his days i hope he's excited for that um his wild wave where he waved so hard that he smacked camilla's hat not once but twice it looked Uh, like he was like (laughs) smacking out some flies like get away get away it just gave me the impression i have no way of knowing this but i feel like well, I, I think, first of all, that that's one of those things that you teach babies to do, right? You teach babies to wave and to, even if they're not royal babies, and to blow kisses. So it was one of those things where I felt like you could see Kate Middleton whisper at him, like, 
wave and he just is like oh yeah I'm gonna wave I'm gonna get a gold star for waving and he waves his arm like it looks like he's he's wiggling in her arms he's waving so hard um it was so cute so I loved that I loved him hitting Camilla and then I loved his little stank face that he made his little angry face his little angry he was like this mm. <laughs> yeah his little like lips pursed at each it was other. so cute um that was amazing and I also liked that we saw him um reach his arms out to go to William like dad I want you and he's like he's like leaping out of Kate's arms to go to William and then as they're when they were leaving the balcony he also did the same thing towards his grandfather Prince Charles which was like really sweet as well um Elizabeth Holmes speculated that he was just going towards the shiny things that were on their military uniforms. Which <laughs> I mean, same. Extremely <laughs> possible. So that was really cute. Um, of course, we got Princess Charlotte being a, a tiny little queen that and she is. Another thing I noticed from Elizabeth Holmes is when there were um, pictures of the kids like hidden away in the palace, like yeah. as kids are hidden away, um, her hair was kind of pulled back, but then it was pulled into two different braids yeah. like she, on the balcony. Yeah, she got a, a, a hair change between those two moments. Um, I don't know how those photos are always taken of the kids from the window. Like, is there one designated window that they always stand at? Because paparazzi always mm. seem, or not even paparazzi, but the, the photographers who are set up for the day always know that that one window is where the kids will appear and make faces. Um when I first saw the, I saw those photos first, and I was disappointed because I was like, "Oh, does that mean we're not going to get them on the actual balcony?" But of course, we did. Um, so that was great. Um, George looked a little grumpy. He just, he's in like grumpy sexual, almost sexual boy phase. I think. I mean, I'm in like grumpy thirty-something-year-old woman <laughs> phase. That's true. Like he might just be grumpy. I'm grumpy. He's just not as entertained by the airplanes. He's not a toddler anymore, so he's not like, "Ooh, airplanes!" You yeah. know, he's not pointing at the sky. I miss. But also, if you have they like, grow up so fast, I've seen it before. Yeah. <laughs> if you have access to all these airplanes, yeah. you're like, oh, just another one, another just airplane. another military flyover. I'll see so many of them in my <laughs> lifetime. Um, but that was really great. You know, Charlotte being the most professional waver on the planet, I adore. She also waved it one more time as she went back in to the when they were all filing into the doorway to leave. She like does another wave to the crowd, much like when she went to see Louis birth at the hospital and she did like a backwards wave she's just she's <laughs> she's a pro fabulous Love um and it, yeah it's just the best anything else from that appearance i mean i could talk again just give me 30 minutes on prince louis <laughs> i'm just so happy that he's finally here i like that his hair is sort of a sandy blonde color he's got so much personality those eyebrows alone i'll stop yeah <laughs> I think it's time to discuss. Let's let's chat with another fabulous person. Let's chat with Maris because we have Maris here because she is, I don't know how else to put it, but like a book expert. Yeah. You're a literary Thanks. expert. Yeah, you, that's, that's what I'm hoping to be. Yeah. You write about books. You podcast about books. You mm-hmm. are like the authority on like the best literature out there. So we are so happy to have you here for our Rarely Obsessed Book Club, which is not a real book club because it's not stuff that Kayla and I have read but yeah <laughs> it's where you tell us tell what you to read it. in the book club yeah absolutely so what should we look out for these days so coming out very soon is Red White and Royal Blue a novel by Casey McQuiston and this is just a delight I'd say that it's this year's um Royal We from the, the highest girls. of praise yes like, shout out Fug Girls <laughs> yes shout out to the Fug Girls um it's just like pure joy all the way through it's um, about 
um, the son of an American president, a woman from mm. Texas. Ooh. Amazing. So I there's a lot it. of y'alls. Oh, great, <laughs> great, great, great. Who falls in love with the royal prince, the Prince of Wales. Oh, amazing. So like the guy who's going to be king. The guy. Uh, no, his, I think in the book it's somebody, he's got an older brother. Oh, okay. okay. So it's but, more of a Harry. He's more of. of a Harry kind of a guy. Um, but he's all buttoned up, literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the American guy is more like the bad boy. Uh, with his y'alls. With his y'alls <laughs> and his Americanisms. Mm-hmm. And um, and it takes almost 100 pages before they start to figure out that something is going on that's more than friendship. Oh, Okay. So it's so it's a slow burn. It's a slow. I mean, but it's so fun while you're going, and it's like, it, it's very. The tabloids are in mind for sure in this book. Okay. Um, all of the information is presented um, with the press in mind, which is very clever. Oh. So wait, how do they meet? I think they'd met before. Like I think they've met before the book starts. Oh, okay. I mean, it makes sense. Like, I would. Lo- you know? I mean, I would love to imagine. <laughs> Like the first children and the royals yeah, yeah, meet yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. That does I mean, make sense. and and so in this book, um, the the mother who's president becomes president in 2016. Okay. So you can imagine that um, her child would then be. They would have been the ones in this fantasy world um, going to the state dinner. Okay. Fascinating. Oh, nice. Fascinating. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask? Um, is the are both of them out of the closet, or is it is that part of the plot? That's a big part of the plot. Oh, fascinating! Um, and even when when the president's son first has feelings that he recognizes for Henry, um, the, it's called he- Prince Henry. Prince Henry. That's perfect. Oh, that is perfect. <laughs> um, and of co- and I should mention that the president's son is biracial. His wow. name is Alex Claremont Diaz, and he um, ha- has to grapple with the idea that his mom will be just a tiny bit less electable next time, the next election, oh, wow. if if it comes out. That That's he, horrible. Yeah, it's terrible. But wow. I guess it's like yeah. today's world. It's yeah. today's world. Um, but of course, the book is light and fun and adorable so i mean the cover is adorable we have two cutie boys leaning on the letters yeah of the title of the they, book they both look really fit <laughs> i know it's an illustration but i feel like it's real it's they're nice looking it's so cute what is the author has she written these kinds of books before like what is her style like or is this her first let me I actually have to check here well it's the book is dedicated to the weirdos and the dreamers oh. and it, so oh. i i that I believe that this book is very much based on fan fiction. Okay. Well, (laughs) indeed. (laughs) Well, yes. So the best ones are. Yes. So um, I I think this is kind of the true fan version of uh, the royal and um, American political life. Amazing. Remember there was that whole genre of movies in the early aughts that was like, I think you have like the Mandy Moore one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The first child, first daughter chasing liberty. Exactly. I think first liberty is why I went to Prague when I went backpacking. That's amazing. I mean, through Europe after a high school. That's amazing. It Um, looks super cute. So is this out now? 
I think in, in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Like in June, I believe. I've seen that. June. A lot of our listeners have written to us being like, check out this book or please tell us about this book. So we're so happy to have you on because it seems like it's such an enjoyable book. Even just like the cover is amazing. Yeah, It's very much like what you want to be reading on the beach in, yeah. in June or July. I love a beach read. Which I think is a real compliment. I know there's yeah. like some discussion about beach reads and I think like a beach read is great because I don't want to be reading like some horror book that's going to make me feel awful about myself all the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. I need a break. Need no, a break this is like the best kind of fantasy. Okay, good. And is it a quick read? Is it like one of those things like oh, you yeah. can't put it down? Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's 400 pages or so, but it, it goes very quick. I felt like that with the Royal We actually, because yeah. it's quite long, but I like, I read it on a vacation. Yeah, I exactly. couldn't put it down. Yeah. And it's so fun. It's so fun. What else have you brought us? Um, I have 99 Glimpses of Princess Margaret by oh. Craig Brown. Oh, excellent. And I love this book. It came out last year. But I love it because I just feel like biographies in general tend to be stuffy and there's a real narrative format that we're used to when, you know, so-and-so was born to blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then so-and-so went to school. And and this book just, like, cuts straight through to the good parts. Um, and and Prince, Princess Margaret was just, she was icon she was a like men were falling all over her mm-hmm. and she was also terrifying to little yes. children <laughs> yes. and mean um and, and so there's there's just so much juicy stuff in this book and so it's diff- it's 99 different chapters where you get a, a glimpse mm-hmm. of of what she was like in a particular moment yeah we uh we covered the book a little bit last summer and we interviewed Craig Brown and uh, like you're saying, when we got copies of the book, we were excited because we love Princess Margaret. Um, but, or, you know, we think she's such a fascinating person. But I was like, oh, biography. Mm-hmm. I was like, OK, I'll read it for the podcast for the good of our listeners. <laughs> and then I was like, this is the most fun format for a biography I've ever seen. Because, yeah, it's just the juicy stuff. And it's 99 glimpses, like the title says. And it's just sometimes they're, you know, only a paragraph. And sometimes they're up to maybe three pages. So you just like they're little bites, you know. And and yeah, if you need anything to to fill in the details, that's what Google is for. Yeah. Point, you know, like, yeah, it's just really, really like know. anecdotes about her life. Uh-huh. And sometimes they're actually talk about fan fiction. Sometimes they're just completely made up. Yep. You know, things like Picasso had a crush on her. So he imagines what it would have been like if she had hooked up with Picasso, which didn't happen as far as anyone knows. But there's just fun. a good photo of her like caressing one of his pieces. Oh, amazing. Yes. So, yeah, it's just it's a, <laughs> such a fun uh, book to read. And she's such a fascinating character. And I just wish more. More biographies were like that. Yeah, I don't know why more aren't. Yeah, we've already read um, Ninety Nine Shades or Glimpses of uh, Princess Margaret. I know where someone's yes. mind. <laughs> Sorry. Like speaking of fanfic, fanfic. Yeah, but I'm so excited to read Red, White, and Royal Blue. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. it looks so great, and I'm so happy that you talked about it because we really have had a lot of listeners be like, "Hey, chat about this. Give us some books." Yeah. yeah. Should we get into our reader recommendations? Listener recommendations. Yes. God, I'm always on the reader. It's it's hard to break out of. Well, they are readers. They are they readers. Are. That's Extra. a great. Thank you. Thank so, you for saving me. <laughs> of course, we have a very great Facebook group for the podcast. It's Royally Obsessed. Everyone should join. And um, it has such a community. And so I posted the other day just asking for people to recommend books. I knew that they had already recommended books a million times over because they are always having 
conversations and it's so wonderful. But I was just like, hey, please help me. So we have a few that we want to go over. Um, well, I want to mention one from since we're talking about biographies that are actually interesting. So Sydney <laughs> said, I recently finished Elizabeth the Queen by Sally Bendel Smith, mm. and it was so interesting. I usually find biographies a little dry and boring, but it was a very easy read. Um, currently reading Prince Charles by the same author, and boy is it juicy, all caps, but also <laughs> backed up by facts and accounts of insiders. Um, I'm very intrigued by that. Again, I'm yeah. always trying to learn more about Prince Charles as he will be our king soon, someday. Soon. Mm. Yeah. In, the next, in the next We're 15 voting. years. In the next, okay. 30 to 40 years. <laughs> yeah, in the next... <laughs> Let's just say. Also, um, Rachel, um, who we love, she wrote that she really enjoyed The Duchess by Penny Junior because uh, she had mixed feelings about Camilla and reading the book really gives a good insight to her personality and what makes her tick. And it seems she is a really good person. I am a Diana and Camilla fan now. I figured if the boys accepted her, who was I not to? Yeah, that's interesting. I would recommend yeah. it to anyone who still isn't comfortable with the Camilla situation. Is that Lisa? <laughs> I think so. I don't know. I mean... She hates cheating. Yeah. I mean, fair. Personally, I'm like, don't do it. OPP. Yeah, it's kind of a it's a stance that Lisa has that I share, of course. But I'm more just like, you know, these two crazy kids have yeah, loved each other absolutely. since the 70s. Like, just let them be together. You know, what can and you I'm do? Like, <laughs> anyway, oh, another one. Okay, so so many people wrote in about this book, mm. The Gown. I have heard great things, and I know it, it's either recently come out or comes out very soon. Okay. I think it was the past year at some point it year. came out. Um, let me look at the author. So it says, yeah, it's fiction, but based on the embroiderers that worked on the queen's wedding dress. It gives great secret, great insight on the secrecy of the gown creation and how many people are involved to make the gowns that we love. Um, and then everybody was like, oh, my God, yes, it's it's <laughs> fascinating. Um it's just, by Jennifer Robson. Okay, so the perfect. gown by Jennifer Robson. We had like several people write in about that. And I've also received like emails and messages. It just seems like it's so popular. And I guess also, you know, the past year we had, well, over a year now, there were like three big royal weddings. Of course, mm -hmm. the big one, Harry and Meghan. And then also Eugenie. And then there was um, Gabriella Windsor the other day. Yeah. And they all wore like these exquisite dresses. So I think that's probably like one reason why there's such interest in like the women that make these dresses. Yeah. And I, I think it's always nice to have a book that's fiction, um, but that's based on something real. So that, yeah. that, so that it can be a little more imaginative, even if, you know, the primary sources aren't available. And nobody gets sued. Or and nobody anything. gets sued. But they're usually like so deeply researched you know like even um yes. the royal we i remember i mean they've they've talked about this on the show or sorry on their well on the show but on our show but also on their site the fuck girls talk about how much research i mean they went to windsor and they talk about the secret rooms and the couple sort of hooks up in all these real rooms of mm -hmm. windsor castle so like all of that is researched even though it is fictional um so I, I agree i love that stuff and actually uh, monica wrote in the facebook group that um the gown intertwines the war with the princess's wedding which i think is really interesting yeah. as well um because I, I recall that the fabric that she used for the dress was from fabric rations um, during World War II. It's just like really fascinating stuff. Um, so I'm, that's definitely on my list. And then another book that was recommended is from Zach. He wrote um, The Final Curtsy, a Royal Memoir by the Queen's Cousin. Um, and he said it's a great look at the earlier life of Queen, Queen Elizabeth II up to the time of the death of the Queen Mother with great personal stories as the Queen is, I'm sorry, as the book is written by the Queen's cousin, Margaret Rhodes. I want. I just am fascinated by like how that like how did he get the permission to do that? 
the you Queen's know. cousin. Yeah. I just yeah. love that it's spelled curtsy with an E. <laughs> <laughs> Very British. A little, yeah, a little British as um. And then it's them on the cover, cousin and, you know, Lizzie. A little bit. Yeah. Um, and of so course, someone also recommended Andrew Morton's um, biography of Diana. Sure. Um, because, of course, that's yeah, like, yeah. That's the, like the iconic book. It's the iconic book, and it basically changed the course of the 90s for the British royal family and for me personally. <laughs> <It's> really, <laughs> I mean, it's such so fascinating. And Andrew Morton also wrote um, the Megan, the first Meghan Markle book. Right. I also want to mention... Um, the, now that in that sort of vein is Tina Brown's book, of course. Yes. Um, oh, I've yes. never read that, but it's like on my perpetual list because I feel like everyone always mentions that to me. Um, and here uh, uh, was it? Oh, yeah. Candace was the one in the group who mentioned the Andrew Morton Diana book, but also um, the Tina Brown book. Apparently she mentioned, sorry, Candace mentioned the audio book for Andrew Morton and that it's really good. And apparently the audio book for Tina Brown's oh. book is Tina talking about oh, her friend fun. Diana. So like that's just nice yeah. to listen to. Um, so that's perpetual list there. Um, anything else? Any other books we want to cover? I think that's it. I think, again, I'll just say The Royal We because I know that right now they yes. are working on the sequel and I can't wait. So, like, first of all, I'm waiting for The Crown. Where is it? Excuse me. Please, Netflix, like, bring yeah. it to me. And then, fuck girls, where is this book? Yeah, here's our list of things that we're impatient over. Um, we also hope, of course, that our relationship with the fuck girls means that we'll get an early copy. Mm. Though it's probably a dangerous thing to give us an early copy because we'll want to talk about it. Yeah, we're going to do, like, an advanced podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll just, like, take pictures of the entire book and put it online. It's fine. That reminds me, Maris, you must get so many advanced reader copies. I sure do. <laughs> How do you figure out what – I mean, I, I imagine that, like, being in the industry, you sort of have to read the – quote unquote important books of a season um how are those determined like how do they how do the publishers tell you these are our priority books or do you sometimes just you recognize an author so you want to like where do you begin your reading um list? where i begin um books i've already heard about and that's usually from people inside the industry mm-hmm. um I- i'm very good at ju- judging books by their covers <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I can get a pile of like 10 galleys in a day and be like, nope, 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 based on just like what it looks like. Um, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> um, but then but then there are all these ones in the middle that like I love trying to learn out about more and, mm-hmm. and hope that I will get around to it. And that is actually why my apartment is so cramped right now. Because <laughs> there's like, t- like hundreds of maybes just yeah. laying around. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. And actually, speaking of your pod, you know, again, we're shouting ev- out your podcast and telling everyone to head there right after listening to this. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But how do you choose the the author? Like, who are some of the people you've been working with and recording episodes with recently? And what can we expect from? Yeah. Um, the, the best thing about having my own podcast is I just get to choose people who I want to talk to. Yes. That's <laughs> great. We it's, love it. It's <laughs> you get how it. How fun. <laughs> Um, so I've, I started out with the author Mira Jacob, who, um, wrote this amazing graphic memoir about raising her son, who is biracial, um, and, and who was a Michael Jackson obsessed kid. Fascinating. Um, and had many questions about him that she tried to answer as truthfully as she could. Mm. Um, and let's see. I think uh, Nicole Dennis Ben, who's the author of Patsy, was just on last week. She's a, a Jamaican author who lives in Brooklyn now. 
Um, and she writes about the immigrant experience in a really beautiful, <laughs> multifaceted way. Um, coming up, I'm hoping that um, some of your favorite beach reads will be some of your favorite listens, too. Um, a bunch of really excellent novels uh, that I bet you'll be seeing on the beach this this summer. Um, I'll be talking to the authors. Excellent. That's I actually so have exciting. a copy of Patsy because I was doing a job recently that got me a lot of ARCs, as they say. Yeah, advanced readers copies. Exactly. Um, so I have Patsy, mostly because I was like, that's a colorful cover. Yeah. It's really embarrassing. I mean, <laughs> there are many colorful colors out right now, too. I mean, as, also, isn't it a bit true that, like, you know, the whole phrase is don't judge a book by its cover, but usually a you really can. beautiful cover means that the publishers are really excited about the book. Sure. I mean, it's, it's the level of actual interest, but also... You know, you can tell if something's meant to be read quickly and discarded, say. Oh, interesting. <laughs> you know? Interesting. It's like a little hint. It's a little hint. I mean, honestly, you brought in the Princess Margaret book. It's and so beautiful. It's such a gorgeous book. I, you know, Lisa and I both have it, and I'm just like, it looks good on my shelf. Yeah. And her eye is peeking along the spine. Yeah. The, her very glamorous, like, pearl-covered glasses are peeking out on the spine. I'm like, that's not an accident. It's a gorgeously designed book. Yes. Well, I just cleaned my apartment Thank you. And <laughs> one thing I did was put out some like coffee table books. Yeah. But not on a coffee table because my coffee table is like an ottoman <laughs> that also is seating. It's I live in New a York really city apartment. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> but in this area that should probably be a coffee table but is not, um, I put out some books and I had uh, Monard, Modern Monarchy by Chris Jackson, who is the Getty photographer, ah. who is assigned to the royal family. I have that out because it's just so beautiful to look at. Mm. It's just like the stunning photographs and like, yeah, so, I mean, don't judge a book by its cover, but there is there is something There's... to be said for, like, gorgeous covers to have out just to look at and mm -hmm. enjoy. True, true. Okay, yeah. so before we adjourn the royal pod, we have some highs and lows. It's time for the royal highs and lows. I'll start with my own personal low, which is, again, we said we wouldn't get super political, but this is just a fact that uh, President Trump called Meghan Markle nasty ahead of the visit, state visit. Uh, last week or two weeks ago, um, I mean, a reporter sort of asked him about, you know, are you excited to meet the royal family? And what do you think of Meghan Markle? And he was like, she's great. And then they're like, even though she's criticized you in the past and called you a misogynist. And she's and then Trump said, oh, I didn't realize she was nasty. Um, so that happened. I don't like anyone calling, calling Meghan Markle nasty, obviously. So. Yeah, me either. Um, so that's a low. <laughs> my low... Uh, so last week we had Megan's Mirror on. Um, we had Christine on. She's an editor of the blog, and she was so fantastic. And she spoke so highly of Megan and talked so with such expertise and kindness about the impressive economic impact that Megan has had on like smaller brands and little things. Like Megan wore a purse that part of the proceeds go towards like helping provide vaccines to families. And then so she spoke. She said all these wonderful things, and then. The tabloids come around and they like pick one thing that she said and twist it completely out of context because you could twist pretty much anything that we say or anybody says and make it sound like a negative because that's just what happens when you capitalize an entire word that yeah. always makes it sound bad. <laughs> so I my low is that they got dragged into it. And I think that that was a really great interview and I was really proud of it. And it yeah. really sucked to see yeah. that get dragged by the tabloids and yeah. I hope that they're doing all right because that sucked. Yeah. So we yeah. just gave you two really heavy things. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll do a lighter thing. <laughs> Please. Um, 
I didn't love Camilla's wink for for the camera. Oh yes, she did oh. do that. Um, which is which I guess was her way of trying to slightly distance herself from the Trump state yeah. visit. Um, and and I say either you're all in or you're all out. Oh, interesting, mm. interesting. I mean, it really they gave us a lot of material with that visit. <laughs> it's it's a lot. It's a lot to cover. Let's sure just. Is. But that's a good one. Let's talk about happier things. What are what's your high, Lisa? Oh, my high happened today, Tuesday. Um, I'm trying to find the quote, but it may never happen. So basically, a little girl said something to Kate because Kate was <laughs> off to go, um, you know, like shear some sheep. Yes. Um, and so a little girl's like, oh, are you going to wear your Elsa outfit, your princess El- Elsa outfit? And then this is not a direct quote because I can't find the thing. But she basically said, oh, I had to wear my trousers because I'm going to go see some sheep. That's <laughs> so great. Today was like a super cute so visit. Cute. They, yeah. I mean, they were they're in a sort of rural part of England today. And they did so many amazing things. They're meeting with teens who are working on mental health efforts. Again, I feel like almost every event that all four people, all Fab Four do comes back to mental health somehow and today's event was definitely a part of that but also they shared sheep so it's just cute <laughs> um yeah. do you have a high maris oh i just liked seeing megan back in the game yeah heck yeah that was a great Givenchy. one yeah cut, like you, gorgeous navy Givenchy. just her at the height of her that's so her what i mean like? i don't know how long maternity leaves are supposed to last but yeah i mean i feel like they usually traditionally i mean kate has traditionally aimed for about six months mm. so um she e- even during the maternity leave she has made appearance like of course she was on mater- technically on maternity leave when harry and megan got married last year and she mm. still attended that obviously and she always attends tripping the call like it, there is some sort of um precedent certainly for them attending Dream right. the color even when they're like almost immediately postpartum and i think um, it's also like for us that's a, this big fancy event and for them of course they're wearing Givenchy, so it is fancy but it's also a family event and it's like showing support for a family member so right. but i hope she immediately went back to windsor and just is enjoying Watch netflix mat- <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know all these things that we fantasize or what maternity leave is like <laughs> picked up a copy of the red white and royal blue and yeah. enjoying that. yes that would so. be great um so i have like i mentioned a, li- a, a bit of a list of uh highs um prince louis again mm-hmm. all day every day um <laughs> loved that i then we heard oh um we didn't mention this before elsewhere in the episode but i just thought of this that um Two weeks ago, we got yet another royal wedding. Uh, Charlotte Casaraghi, who is Princess Grace's granddaughter, got married last weekend and the weekend before. She had a double wedding. Um, she's beautiful. And she's very she beautiful. Has modeled before. Yes, naturally. Um, so she got. They had sort of a like state wedding just in the on the grounds of the Monaco royal estate and for that she wore like a very demure almost gray Valentino dress that I loved and then the following weekend she and her husband got married in like the bigger celebration I think in the south of France which is where she grew up I did like a crash course in, on Charlotte um, over the last week because I was like god she's glam and cool um, she is and I just I was like wow okay and also she like, grew up in the south of France and so she's like that's where I'll you know, throw a big party because everyone should do that. Um, so that was a high. And then the other thing that we got late breaking right before we uh, sat down to record is that something is going on with Meghan Markle in Vogue. Yeah. <laughs> so there are a lot of rumors that maybe she's going to be guest editing 
an issue and there are rumors that it could be September issue. These are rumors like we're reading them in like yes. Us Weekly and stuff. So maybe more information will come out by the time this yeah this airs or maybe people will be like it's a no. But it would fit in line with what the Royals have done before because Prince Harry recently like guest edited a BBC program. Kate has obviously appeared in British Vogue. Eugenie. Yeah, Eugenie and uh, Beatrice, Beatrice last fall were in September British Vogue. Um, we had speculated a couple of episodes ago that Anna Wintour keeps bringing up Meghan Markle in interviews. And we were like, is Anna Wintour mm. courting Meghan Markle? Because I just am fascinated by anyone, by Anna Wintour having to court anyone. Right. Um, so who knows? We don't really know. There were sort of contrasting reports that she was going to show Frogmore Cottage in American Vogue. Then it was like, no, 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 she's going to guest edit British Vogue. Um, either way, they're talking about the September issue. Issues, which means they'll hit newsstands in early August, so we won't have to speculate for too long. Um, I love it. That's my high. That's I just I'm like yay, fun, Vogue. Um, so that's great stuff. I hope it's true because I think it sounds like something I will read. Oh yeah, yeah. I talk about beach Why reads. <laughs> um, if, if the books are just too taxing, you can pick up a magazine. <laughs> but it's going to be so heavy though. <laughs> exactly, that's very true. Support the publishing industry, please yes. keep us in jobs. Um, <laughs> so remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. You can drop us an email at info at gallery podcast to ask us any and all questions about the Royals and send us yet more book recommendations. Um, we have a review on Apple. <laughs> Lisa, do you want to read this one? Yes. Um, its subject is cocktails. Correct. By Ytown939. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, they write, love your cocktail hour and, of course, the show. It's time for you ladies to create the royally obsessed signature drink, not with the melted cotton candy, which yeah. Caitlin mentioned like last episode <laughs> or the episode before. And I'm like, no. No. Okay. So you're fancy. You're an upper echelon podcast. <laughs> yeah. You're what's raising us on one end. Um, and like, let's have some Franzia. Yeah. yeah oh, exactly. yeah. Franzia, you can send us wine whenever you'd like. Um, <laughs> you can follow the show on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Um, where can our listeners follow you, Maris? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Maris Kreisman. Um, and, and the Maris review is located anywhere you listen to podcasts and when do new episodes come out new episodes are out on thursday mornings oh us too so perfect timing right after this yeah very soothing thursday mornings (laughs) um where can people find you lisa lisa raya on twitter and instagram and you read my writing on the cut and you can follow me caitlin at hey k men's h-e-y-k-m-e-n-z on twitter and instagram and read my writing at caitlinmenza.com until next week God save the pod. God save the pod. God save the pod, you guys. <laughs> Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.